And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Jurassic Pod, coming to you, well I'm coming to you live from the city of Angels, the city of Scotty Barnes, the city of Pascal Siakam, uh, Los Angeles. (laughs) Uh, from a beautiful hotel at, room. I well, I don't know why I'm looking so blue, like literally blue in this uh <laughs> lighting. But we'll, we'll put it through uh, I I can't begin to explain that cuz the windows are open, some lights are on and yet I look like I'm sitting in like the dark. Um it's really not that dark in here. Uh, I have, you know, man I, people said it couldn't be done, Holly. This, uh, my, by the way, Holly McKenzie joining <laughs> us. Thank you. How how you doing, Holly? I'm great, thanks. <laughs> people said it couldn't be done. People said my anxiety could not manifest a cough uh, on the road and like a, a tiny sore throat. And despite testing negative twice uh, for COVID over the span of 36 hours, they said it couldn't be done, and that's when I took it personal. Like I took it personally, Holly. Uh, and I am now confident that my anxiety is uh, a legitimate power source. It, it's you know <laughs> we don't need to rely on oil. We can just hook things up to hook things up to me and make it happen. What do you think about that? I think that our bodies are extremely powerful, and few things are more powerful than anxiety. So I believe you. I'm very sorry you yeah. have a cough, and I would not want to be in your shoes. Because I'm already a paranoid person, so yeah, I would be. I would be very. Scared. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I did bring it up. I mean, mostly to complain, but also if I'm coughing a little bit, or you hear some clearing of throat. Uh, also, if you hear a fan go on and off, I tried to deal with that, but this is not my home. <laughs> it is a hotel room, and I don't want to fiddle with things too We're much. Good, lest I We're break good, Eric. We're good. You don't need to. You don't uh, need to apologize. You're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We're going to chat. You know, it's going to be great. You know who's not good, Holly. The Los Angeles uh, Lakers. LeBron James. Well, I mean, on the big picture, LeBron's fine, I think. But uh, he was having a moment on on Monday night when the Raptors beat the Los Angeles Lakers 114 to 103 to cap a perfect four and a week. <laughs> um, just like we both predicted. <sighs> please don't go, but please don't go uh back and listen to the last podcast and just assume that we predicted that after oh, yeah. they went 0 and 3 well, we we both said they're going to bounce right back they're going to go 4 and 0 we both said it uh yeah lebron uh lebron that was gr- you know for raptors fans gratifyingly frustrated last night uh i think there had to be some uh it's not quite schadenfreude because like there is Raptors pleasure to take in it, but I'm sure some people did find pleasure in his in LeBron's misfortune. You know what last night was from LeBron? 
It was bullshit. Oh, <laughs> if I had like the air horn, <laughs> like the talk radio air horn, I would, uh, I would do that. Uh, you and my brother agree. Uh, I, I don't want to stop you there, Holly. Go on. Listen, how many hours has it been since the game? Like 13, th- probably about 13 hours. Since yeah, the he... game, the game ended about, you know, 12 and a half hours. Yeah. Ago. So probably about 13 and a half hours since he had the ball above his head and, took all of his frustration of the week and threw the ball at Scotty Barnes midsection. So it wouldn't go out of bounds off of him. And I'm still very upset at that play. I'm not upset that he threw the ball off his opponent. I'm not upset that he made a play that allowed him to retain possession. I am upset with the fact that he could have injured Scotty. I mean, he's a really strong dude. And that was so Nobody, nobody touched Scotty basketball. And that everybody protect him at all costs. That was so yeah. unnecessary. And you could see that it was like oh, the result of like all of his built up frustration. And let me tell you, there's lots of reasons why LeBron James would be frustrated on the basketball court this week because the Lakers, whew, I don't know what's going on. Uh, they don't know what's going on. Uh, nothing is going on. Um, but yeah, I was angry when that happened. I am still very annoyed. I saw Scotty's reaction after the game when he was asked. Yeah, about I have it. the I have the quote in front of me, so yeah. uh, let me just say it. Uh, he, he, you know, wearing a vest and wearing like comically large gloves. He looked like he almost looked like Scotty Barnes. This post game looked like a villain, kind of, <laughs> even, even like a sort of a campy villain. And then Precious Achua was in all black. Uh, as I joked, attending the funeral for the Lakers season. Uh, And I asked him after the game if that was his Los Angeles fit. And he said, you know it. Uh, Anyway, Burns said, uh, I was on the floor, pushed on the floor, and I just saw him loading up. He pushed me on the floor. Uh, Sorry, that's I'm just reading the transcription as it is in my document here. Um, But thank you for the correction. (laughs) I just saw him loading up, and I just thought, oh, man. So I just tried to really cover myself up so it didn't hit me in the face because, yeah, he put a lot of power in it. Cocked it back, threw it, bam. (laughs) Legit. That is a very accurate description of what happened. And even more damning, I think, uh, for just to go with my emotions and your brother's emotions. Uh, I forget who it was. It may have been Vivek... um, Jacob Jacobs who posted like maybe it wasn't Vivek but it was I could have been Vivek Vivek's on my mind today but uh they posted a screenshot of the like of the moment like a certain camera angle and you see he has like two teammates that are right in front of him and wide open that he could have just given the pass to and they probably could have just gotten a layup but instead he chose to fling the ball off Scotty and it was Vivek Jack- Jacobs who did tweet I do remember this he said if everyone wants to constantly like praise LeBron for being able to make these incredible passes like to his teammates always on the money then you also have to like acknowledge that he could have made the pass here like essentially he knew what he was doing and he did know what he was doing and I had to explain to my mother who was awake at 1 30 Nova Scotia time texting me furiously that LeBron should be thrown out of the game. I had to explain Props to her to that like that is a play that is allowed. It's a bas- it's quote unquote a basketball play. He's keeping the ball. He's put taking the ball out off of yeah. his opponent out of bounds. I'm I'm not able to say that today. I don't know. I why. guess the point the point is is it was a basketball play. 
but it was not the only basketball right. play available. And Vivek's point is uh, James can see the floor so well that you would expect him to be able to make the basketball play that was not risking injuring a person on the other team uh, with uh, also a little extra zing yeah. on that. Still uh, upset um, about that. Uh, LeBron, I mean, just to... I mean, because I, I think Raptors fans really want to luxuriate, luxuriate in it, uh, given, you know, what's happened in the past. There was a play in the second quarter uh, where, uh, you know, if you didn't see the game, the Raptors got up twenty-one-two, <laughs> uh, right, 24-4, right after uh, Frank Vogel, Lakers coach, was done saying, uh, we've just gotten a lot of 20-point deficits, and that really takes a toll on you. The, oh. <laughs> it happened in the first 28 points of the game. They were in a 20-point deficit. So you got to respect that. Uh, at, at a night after, they allowed 48 points and like 140 total or something like that in Phoenix. Uh, LeBron was questionable. He played because you can't keep that guy out of a lineup. He just wants to do it or, or catch... Uh, Kareem for the scoring record. Hard to say. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a point in the second quarter where the Lakers, the Raptors were done doing their mo- most of their damage. Basically, the first quarter happened and then the rest of the game was played in a safe zone of like six to 25 point leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it wasn't really in, in uh, risk, but there was a point in the second quarter where the Lakers were making a bit of a run and then Chris Boucher like outworked uh, a bunch of guys to get an offensive rebound and draw a foul. And LeBron got like the loose ball after the whistle was called, and he just smashed it to himself three times uh, off the off the hardwood and just was like yelling at anybody in sight. And like poor Malik Monk, who's like walking back across. Also, the one of the only Lakers who was that. like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that that's true. And poor Malik Monk, who's like walking across the paint, uh, trying to get in position for the free throws, is just like getting the brunt of it. And he's just like nodding. Yeah, I hear you, LeBron. I got it, LeBron. I hear you. I guess he was annoyed that he wasn't helping out on the rebound. But, I, I you know, to think it was only about that is uh, foolish. Yeah, he was frustrated. I mean, uh, and it makes sense. Like, of course, he's yeah. frustrated. But I'm still upset at the throw to that Scotty. Yeah. Not, yeah not before we move on from LeBron, this is nominally a Raptors podcast. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, elbow on Pascal Siakam? Yeah, like I said, the whole game it was bullshit. That's my take on the game. Wasn't a yeah. fan. I've I've watched the replay. I I still can't decide if it was. I mean, it, I don't think it was purposeful. But normally, was it like I feel like was it careless? Lake, probably. I feel I, like I don't... it happened. It could have happened. But then you say, "Sorry, man, you good?" Yeah, no. But th- that's the point. LeBron is not good. But right that now. is the point, he, and I think in a normal game yeah. he would, because normally I don't have these issues with LeBron, which is why it was so weird yeah. watching that. Because normally I don't feel frustrated with him. I think he's incredible. I, he is incredible. But and to further, sorry, go on. No, I was just I was very annoyed last night, as I'm sure the Lakers were annoyed. And you mentioned the the play where he was really upset about the offensive rebounding. That really <laughs> was one of the glaring differences that I saw um, early on. Like you could just. The Raptors were crashing the boards on both ends. The Lakers, there was nobody. Like, obviously the Raptors were bigger, but there was literally nobody. So 
he was correct <laughs> to be upset about that. But he was upset about a lot of things and was turning it into Malik Monk not being on the boards. Well, and also, like, LeBron drove one play, didn't get the whistle, uh, like, just stood on the baseline for a good mm -hmm. three or four mm -hmm. seconds. And, and the Raptors fast break happened slowly enough that, like, he could have gotten back in the play, but he really didn't. And it ended up with a Thad Young uh, layup or tip in, I can't remember. And uh, so he, he's also got some hustle issues, too. Yeah, it was um, bad. As I think Stephen uh, or Alex Wong uh, tweeted while the Lakers were getting killed by Phoenix. Oh, great. Good news for the Lakers. The team that's given up on a season is about to play the team that plays really hard every game. Uh, <laughs> that's going to go well. And that's essentially what happened in the first quarter. And then the rest of the game happened. And, you know, credit to the Lakers. They didn't totally go away. But, uh, but yeah, that... I just that can't get over it. I know we've given like 10 minutes to this and we can wrap it up in a second. But that first quarter, the rest of the game, like you said, was like much more evenly played. It was two NBA teams playing that first quarter, which I didn't realize Vogel had told you guys about the 20 point um, deficits, yeah. <laughs> which just makes it more perfect nightmare. Oh, I was uh, I it's like you weren't following me on Twitter last night because I was on 20 point deficit watch almost immediately. I, I did see the thread that you have, but I guess I must have missed missed the original yeah, bit about that, that's fine. Yeah. But that first quarter, the Lakers honestly, like remember the game the Raptors played against the Cavs during COVID, yeah. where they had like four players who yeah. met each other on the on the court or on the bus on the way over, had never met each other, never spoken, never played together. The, that team looked more cohesive than the Raptor than the Lakers in that first quarter. I couldn't believe it. Like it, it, it was crazy to me that this was the team that had played together all season. Just wild. The Raptors, the Raptors hung around in the first quarter in that game before getting yeah. the blown off. Uh, and to underscore the frustration, LeBron did not talk to the media after the game. So congratulations, Raptors fans. Uh, the Raptors broke LeBron. You did it. And, you uh, did it. And, and <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Uh, so my next question, as as you wanted. Uh, uh, asked to you are or is the question is Holly what are your thoughts on the trip so far what the F is this OG did, did we get permission from from Serge to use that uh, we didn't but I think that he would support it in, in this in this instance uh, it's just available on YouTube so I think it's I think it's available to all of us I it should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> our, our producer, we miss him. Our, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sir, and uh, Brooke Lopez is back, so he's going to be playing a bit less for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he gets to go try to win another ring, and that generally captures the vibe. Uh, I mean, we were talking ourselves into the Raptors maybe beating the Spurs last week if Fred was available off his, Fred Van Vliet was available off, off his five-game absence. Um, he was, they did. Mm -hmm. I almost, I almost predicted a Phoenix win, a win in Phoenix, if you remember, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then like had a, that moment of common sense, uh, and, and I was like, no, they're the best team in the league. Like even without Chris Paul, they're playing awesome. They beat Miami by like 30 two, two nights prior. Um, but they win in Phoenix in, in a great game. They almost blew the league. Gary Trent, 42 points. Uh, 
I've never been so sure, except when they play Detroit, that they were going to lose a game um, as they as a, in Denver on a back to back. They win that game, one twenty seven, one fifteen, uh, with the I'll say it, the weirdest lineup of a year of weird lineups. Also, no on. Fred. Also, no Fred. And no Fred. And uh, I, I believe it was a twenty four ten run. Um, there were no shooters on the on the floor, and they had like an one hundred and seventy seven <laughs> offensive rating in eight minutes. Uh, to run, almost literally run away with that one. Uh, after that game, I wrote that the Raptors are unknowable, weird, delightful weirdos, and we should just enjoy the ride. Uh, and that's why I sort of thought they would lose to the, you know, hapless mm-hmm. Lakers on, <laughs> with them on a back-to-back. But instead, that was the most, most normal game of the bunch, I think. <laughs> like, uh, Raptors try hard, Lakers look lost and angry, and yeah, they are... One game away, mm-hmm. uh, Clippers on Wednesday night from a five and one road trip, uh, and a four and zero road trip if we're cutting it to the uh, mountain and and Pacific time zones. Uh, the vibes, Polly, they are immaculate. Yeah, it's been awesome. <laughs> I uh, it would have been better if the uh, Clippers had beaten the Cavs last night. They went into overtime, and uh, the Cavs ended up winning. So that was a little bit of a bummer because it would have been really cool for the Raptors to uh, meet them in the standings. But still lots of time. Not lots of time, but still time. There's still time. Uh, This trip has been ridiculous. And to your point about the Denver game, oh, yeah, talk about circling a loss on the schedule. During the Suns game, I was texting with my mom. And this this road trip has been very difficult on her, by the way, because Nova Scotia is an hour ahead of us. So... Like last night's game didn't tip till 1130 there. The fact that my mother now stays up to watch t- games that go till 2 a.m. is bonkers to me. But anyway. Add in the spring forward too. Yeah. Yeah. She was pretty yeah. tired. She told me at halftime she was going to go to sleep. And then as the LeBron stuff happened, I was getting angry texts from her. Uh, so we're not the only ones that want to protect Scotty. Uh, no, but I was explaining to her like Denver is going to be a loss. Like they have to win. The, like when they were like, up against the Suns, I was like, they have to hold on for this because they're going to lose tomorrow. It's in Denver. You have the altitude. It's back to back. You have Jokic. Come on. They're going to lose. And then they like play this incredible game that fourth quarter with Pascal on the bench for much of the fourth quarter. They end up outscoring Denver 34 to 16 in the fourth. I don't know if Jokic scored in, in the in the fourth. It was just I'm not sure if he did. Either, I feel like he, he didn't come back into the game until there were about six minutes. Yeah. 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 In, in the game. So just a lot of the damage had been done. But yeah. Just an incredible performance from the group that was out there. And seeing Precious, four three-pointers, okay, awesome, great. And he wasn't even in that group to provide the spacing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I, I, I did a chart about, about it in that article I was referring to on The Athletic, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, as, I, as far as I know, still $1 a month for six months uh, for new subscribers. Um, but I referred to the lineup that played at the start of the fourth quarter as the five in lineup, uh, <laughs> because they had, uh, I don't know, after the game, at least the five players out there had taken a combined 47 pull up three pointers wow. in the whole season. <laughs> and like 24 of them were Scotty. So, uh, basically like the only guy who's like 
a ready and willing three-point shooter who was out there was Chris Boucher. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, as we know, he hasn't been particularly good at it, although he hit one after Scotty Barnes got his own <laughs> uh, rebound, uh, which was, you know, sort of the the dagger, if you will. I've since been made uh, aware that that was also the fifth and seven games for Denver. So they have... Um, like LeBron throwing the ball at Scotty, they have pl- plausible deniability as far as reason for losing that game. And they did come back and, and go across the country and beat Philly mm-hmm. in the battle of the mm-hmm. MVP candidates. Uh, but, I mean, it's not like the Raptors were in much better shape. Uh, certainly missing one of their you know two most important players. And yeah, so is there like, is there one moment on this trip that really... And also like, OG. OG has been out for all of these games. Yeah, so. let's not forget yeah. that. Uh, well, is there one moment that really stands out to you on this trip? Or it could be a player or... Yeah, I think it's, well, just, however, been, it's just been Scotty. Yeah. Like, honestly, just seeing the things that he's able to do and the way he's able to shapeshift his game depending on what the team needs from him. For so young to be able to do so many different things and kind of recognize what they need from him, you're really seeing, like, why the Raptors selected him and why they had such high hopes for him and wow it's fun i mean in against denver he had 25 points 10 assists eight rebounds two steals a block just one turnover like man he is so good and i just feel like you just are really especially the games on the road i don't know what it is about that maybe it's just my mind maybe it's just something that i'm creating but it feels like on the road that guy is just so calm doesn't get rattled figures it out uh, he's incredible I, it's so exciting like i feel like raptors fans i think they do feel lucky but like they should feel like even 10 times luckier because wow yeah so i don't have the post all-star numbers in front of me um so we're missing three games after the break and th- that included two 28 point games so take that keep that in mind in the month of march in eight games uh Scotty Barnes is averaging 18.6 points, 8.5 rebounds, 4.1 assists per game, not even two turnovers per game, more than a block and a steal per game, shooting 51% from the floor, <laughs> uh, getting to the line three and a half times per game, which is um, trending in the right direction. And, and he's just... That aggressiveness, as, as Nick Nurse said, is something they've been talking about all year. Like, especially when they're missing guys like Scotty, take your chances. Mm-hmm. It's cool. We want to see you grow. Uh, he, I mean, you could see it with the Lakers game. He, there was none of that waiting for the second half and sort of feeling out the game as we saw against San Antonio when Van Vliet returned. Um, he had a, Barnes had a huge second half after I think a two point first half and, you know, he outscored the Lakers by himself in the first quarter, uh, on, uh, on Monday. (laughs) Um, and that is especially playing, you know, not to bring it back to LeBron, but like, you have to think about it. Like we remember basketball without LeBron, Holly, Mm -hmm. not to age us, Scotty Barnes doesn't. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go yeah. out and say like he's 20, which means he was born in either 2001 or 2002, which is disturbing. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, LeBron came into the league in 2003. So there is no basketball without LeBron James mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to go at him, uh, not only at him, but at his team, like, it's not, not like it was a one-on-one right, 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 right. matchup. Uh, he just said, um, 
like he like he talked about it after the game. He said, I would say this era of basketball, we really have just seen him uh, and a lot of how he dominated the league. And of course, as a young player coming in, it's always a hype game to play with him. Uh, I would say it was a big game out there playing against him and we did what we needed to do. And like, you know, uh, it's it's Scotty. He's not going to. Yeah, I think we learned a lot about him, about sort of the lack of reaction to getting the, in the moment of getting the ball whipped at him. But, you know, he, that just shows, yeah, it does affect him on some level. He does think about it at some level, but he's certainly not going to play scared. And uh, that's a guy learning his role on a team, learning how to put himself uh, into the game in a meaningful way to help his team as opposed to just facilitating or just figuring out what he can do after everybody else has sort of led the charge. And it's really great to see because, you know, I, I think we agree that the Raptors' ceiling, not this year necessarily, but long-term is defined in large part by Scotty Barnes learning to impose his will on a game. Mm-hmm. I, uh, not to go back to the Lakers, but of course we're going to go back to the Lakers. Uh, we mentioned that crazy start and the Raptors led, I think it was 33-12 after one. Uh, just to highlight how great of a start that Scotty had in that game. Scotty had 15 points in the first quarter. He shot seven of eight from the floor. The Lakers as a team had 12 points and they were three for 25 from the floor. Uh, yeah. I honestly oh, thought Scotty was going oh, for th- I thought he was going for 40 last night. I really did. Yeah. And then he got picked up that third foul and they challenged it. And I still don't, I still didn't see the foul, but yeah, I thought he was going for 40. I was like hyped on my couch. I was really into it. And uh, yeah, he's just magic. He's just magical. Yeah. No, magic is a hall of famer. Um <laughs> 0 for 13 for the Lakers in the first quarter uh, from three, mm-hmm. which is, uh, according to Dave McMenamin of ESPN, the most three-pointers a team has ever attempted in a first quarter without making one. Uh, um, Dave had a thread of Laker tweets. Uh, we love Dave here. He The funniest part was the last line of all of his... I, I love how we've like we've threatened to stop talking about the Lakers. I know, I'm time. sorry. And, Listen! And, no, no, it's it's okay. Uh, let's just lead into it. Uh, the, go, go ahead. The best was that the end of each tweet, like the last sentence of each tweet was 14 games left. There are 14 <laughs> games left this season. The yeah, Lakers have 14 was... games remaining. Like you could feel the emotion of just like this season like get me to the end of this season yeah yeah whether it was dave whether it was the athletics joe van buha uh good to see him too uh yeah you you could sense the vibes uh the vibes were not <laughs> then, immaculate yeah yeah joe van was just like saying I, I don't think i'm speaking terribly out of turn he's like yeah this team is like sapping the joy of basketball out of Aww, me. That's and, uh, it was something like that and uh he does a great job and uh but you know, to he was in Phoenix on, on Sunday night, and to go from he was like, I, I didn't think they could play a first, a worst first quarter than they did, and uh, I don't know which one was worst. I'm, I'm not gonna <laughs> stack them up. They were different, that's for sure. Um, yeah, not great, Bob. <laughs> but Scotty's uh, great, and Scotty's yeah, a raptor. Frank Vogel so is, continue yeah. to be Frank, excited about Scotty yeah. Barnes. Raptors Frank Vogel definitely counting the days till the end of the season mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. until he can get fired and collect that money. 
Um, I, like, I, I try not to make fun of people getting fired, but I think he's probably genuinely excited about it. Um, Precious Achua uh, got the, uh, you know, was the primary guy on LeBron on on Monday. Mm-hmm. He, there was a lot of face guarding going on, um, which was interesting. Uh, and, and Precious, you know, good defender. And he's sometimes a bit jumpy, but I think that's not where the concern is <clears> because he's he's got that, you know, can sort of, maybe he's not guarding point guards out there, but, you know, if the, a guy is 6'6 six, six or, or 7 feet, he can uh defend any of them uh as not as well as anybody but certainly very well uh but offense as we know is the question with him uh i have a great fred van vliet quote uh, that we can get back to at the end of this uh but in march precious achua on 3.1 attempts per game is shooting 44 (laughs) percent from three and that's after an 0 for three against the Lakers. He had, as you mentioned, four against Denver on um, Saturday, whatever day that was. Three against the Spurs. Uh, He had three against Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, uh, and then a a few more sprinkled in there. Uh, You know, we we know the deal with three-pointers. High variance shots will vary highly. Uh, Scotty Barnes had that great stretch uh, shooting the ball earlier in the year. And it sort of seems like it's inching its way back up as a three-point shooter, but he basically went two months without really having any confidence there. Um, but as I said with Scotty Barnes in the in one of my pieces, the fact that he can do this is makes it very, very intriguing for the future uh, about you know, especially as he matures as a player and a decision maker about what he can become. Because if, if you know, a 6'8 guy with great feet and, you know, enough athleticism and size to guard centers mm-hmm. can shoot three, shoot a league, league average three, even if it's just corner threes or whatever, um, you got a very interesting player there. You do, and you also have a player that the Raptors need. <laughs> they definitely well, these Raptors for sure need. Yeah. Them. Yes, <laughs> they, uh, they really do need that three point shooting. So it's been awesome to see Precious since the All Star break. Like he's been very good, and uh, <laughs> that first quarter against the Lakers, he was really feeling himself. And when Precious is feeling himself, you don't know what's gonna gonna happen he had some wild uh a few wild drives but no he's been really really good and it's been really really fun to see he finished with a double double um in LA uh I'm, I'm actually wanted to mention sorry to switch the topic I do want you to say your Fred quote but I wanted we were when we were talking about Denver uh we didn't mention Chris Boucher Chris Boucher had a great line against the Nuggets he finished with 21 13 four blocks he was really good against the Nuggets too yeah he just was... sort of continues to do his thing um occasionally hitting a three Mm -hmm. but really it's just about running the floor keeping possessions alive you know all the he's not so much of a turnover creator as as some of the other guys i'd say but like he's him and ken birch and and and, you know ken birch as i wrote about in the story after the phoenix game was huge Mm -hmm. uh, as helping contain uh devin booker on on blitzes to cause two turnovers that that broke a tie game and a game, frankly, that the Raptors looked like they were going to give, give away. I, I think he's certainly shown some more life on this road trip. 
uh, even going up in Denver and catching an alley-oop mm-hmm. pass that I did not think he was going to catch. Neither. A day after he talked about, uh, you know, the maintenance required to keep his knee, uh, you know, playable. Uh, he's been better. Boucher has been better. Uh, but yeah, Achua in terms of like long-term outlook and we can and have done, you know, parts of podcasts before that get into his weaknesses and the mm-hmm. things he needs to develop. But I think we, there have been times, and this is probably the longest sustained time, uh, where we can see why the Raptors are willing to live with those Mm -hmm. uh, weaknesses. And it's intriguing. It is very intriguing. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. And it's the best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And he just looks really comfortable. And again, I think sometimes we can forget that when a young player or an older player as well, but especially a young player comes to a new situation, it is going to take some time. um, Just them getting to know their situation, the schemes, their teammates, but also just getting comfortable. And I know I keep talking about the difference since the All-Star game, but maybe it isn't the All-Star game at all. Maybe it's just that there's been some time. Well, Nick Nurse also keeps on talking about the Rising Stars game and you know, like it was the most transformative moment in his life. And precious. Says who that? am I to say it wasn't? Who am I to say it wasn't? I don't know. <laughs> you said precious says that. No, Nick nurse says oh. it about precious. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it was, or maybe it's just that he had, he's had some time, but whatever it is, looks good. Awesome to see. And I'm happy for him. Also happy for Stanley Johnson. Yeah, I was disappointed. I, I really had to force the Stanley Johnson excited on the bench wearing sunglasses meme uh, um, yeah, last yeah. night. I like I was read I was ready for it and there was like really no great moment to use it. Um he's playing super hard and, and was not one of the Lakers who quit 
on that game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I quit is too strong, but the you, start you was the just really bad. The team did not. Um, the The Lakers didn't quit throughout the game. Also, LeBron ended up playing forty minutes in that game, which was crazy. I didn't. Yeah, you, you know it's a problem. Yeah, when uh, uh so close. Four seconds fewer than Fred Van Vliet. I was going to say, which is <laughs> a, bit, a bit yikes in itself, um, but I was going to say, you know it's a problem when you're playing more minutes than any Raptor in a game. Speaking of memes... Uh, um, is- hold on. Before we finish the precious uh, <sighs> conversation, I-, I must say, so you said he was feeling himself, uh, I-, I think, at the beginning of the Lakers game. I, I don't really recall. Anyway, talking to Fred Van Vliet Monday morning at shoot-around at UCLA. Shout out Norman Powell. Um and uh, yeah, me, Doug Smith and I were talking to him, and Fred on about Precious says uh, they finally found a player more confident in himself than me. Oh, that's incredible! <laughs> okay, I'm glad you did say that. Uh, speaking of Fred, and speaking of memes, you were talking about the Stanley Johnson meme. Has there ever been a more perfect um, moment for meme ability for the Raptors than Fred Van Vliet with his hands? Clasped together in prayers, smiling, huge smile on his face, staring up at the sky after the Raptors beat the Nuggets. Uh, it's very good. It's incredible. Uh, just, I laugh every yeah. time I see it. Yeah, I'm just looking for a, a particular quote here from Fred. Um, sorry. Uh, we are so prepared over here. Well, it's only because like the the praying or the mock praying uh, is it's very indicative of the vibes again, yes. which I wrote about like, how weird is this team? Like, uh, so I asked Fred and I, I haven't used this quote yet. You're, you're getting all this fresh content on, on the Jurassic, on Jurassic pod today. Uh, I, so the, the gist of my piece is like, I have no idea what to expect uh, about this with this team. Mm-hmm. So I asked Fred a day after I wrote it, it probably would have been smarter to, Ask him a day before I wrote it, but you know, these, you got to take your shots when you can. Um, like precious, I understand that. And uh, so I asked Fred, do you know what to expect from this team on a night to night basis? And he says, our group? No, you never know. You never know. It could go a lot of different ways. I think, uh, I think more bad than good most of the time, which is how we're in the position that we're in. Ugh. You just never know. It's a lot of unknowns, a lot of guys' first experiences, first run, uh, certainly our group's first time together. We've won in a lot of different ways, which is good, and we've lost in a lot of different ways. So I have a good idea, a good pulse of the team most of the time. Uh, so I'm never really surprised, but like I said before, we're kind of... Uh, at the mercy of some of the other guys uh, at their mercy, how they show up. You never know. And I know that sounds negative, um, but he was asked, like, at their mercy, he's like, yeah, I think, you know, they're just growing. They're just growing into their roles. You've got a guy like Scotty who looks like a 10-year vet sometimes. Got a guy like Precious, and that's where he said, who, and they finally found somebody who might have more confidence than me. Um, You never know. And I think that's the Raptors. We say this a lot, but, like, Fred is the best quote in the NBA and it's not close. Yeah. It's just like such honesty, he's right? So like you, honest you would and so ex- aware. Like- and if you want to have like a guy who's your leader, number one, every single person in the NBA respects Fred Van Vliet from, you know, bench player, rookie. To yeah. LeBron was the, like, what, he, he, sorry, go ahead. Just because of what he's created for himself. 
But to have a leader that also understands the journey for players, like the fact that he doesn't, I'm sure he gets frustrated sometimes, but he would never, get, <laughs> he would never, I mean, that quote showed it. Yes. Yeah. Sure. But he's never going to like take that out on a player because he understands that this is part of the journey and this is part of the growth. Incredible leader. Incredible, incredible quote. Please say what you were going to say about um, LeBron. Yeah. It's like during the game, Fred was like the one Raptor who LeBron didn't look at like with disdain uh <laughs> now lebron was lebron was looking at his own teammates with disdain so like i again don't take that personally but like when siakam got upset mm-hmm. like lebron was well, anyway we don't need to revisit that um but like fred i think was making like along with peacemaking after that siakam moment was also making the case like uh for his team and and i think that's why fred can say what he does because he's not going to do it in a super showy way but he's mm-hmm. also you know, he's going to stand up for his teammates. He's going to make sure they're all right. And, uh, and yeah, like it's, I know it can come across. I, I know, in fact, I know it does come across to some fans. It's like, why does he have to be this honest or like it can feel like he's putting himself like in a different class than oh, his teammates? Oh, do you think people but, think that? I, I I know at least some people do, and I won't commenters. Expand. Well, they need to look. Uh, no, at no, the no. I, any, anyway, but I I don't think most people do. But I think there's an element of that. But like that's the reality of this team is like he and Pascal have seen a lot mm-hmm. and been through a lot, and and Pascal is one type of personality, and Fred is very much a different type of personality outward, and so Fred can call it as he sees it while still lifting his teammates up and putting themselves in it never comes across as calling them out i guess is is how it seems to me it's like this is the reality but i get it and it's good oh, like, I think like that, that that's be- how i th- that's how i take it i think that it works because fred will also call himself out in that exact same way like yes. he's not a, he doesn't put himself above anything if he's playing crappy he's going to say it if he's going to say the things that like you know fell into his lap that he didn't do he takes responsibility but yeah i listen eric it's fred van vliet over everything it's funny uh, i i was going to uh, cuz you said he doesn't put himself uh, ahead of anything so I was going to say Kyle Lowry, Lowry over everything, Fred Van Vliet over nothing. Uh, but uh, but you, you came back and corrected it. Um, before we uh, wrap this up, Fred did return from his uh, five-game absence mm-hmm. with his knee injury. Uh, he, as we said, he sat out the, the Phoenix game on a back-to-back, was questionable, then upgraded to probable, uh, and then played, obviously, against the Lakers. He has not been great offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, he now he was. I, I would argue he was very good last night, even though some of his shots weren't falling. But you know, three for fourteen and two for twelve from three are what they are. Still had eleven seven and seven, and was a plus twenty one. Uh, so you know, I, I'm not overly concerned. But look, we. I think. The hope was that he would take those games off and be rejuvenated. And it's clear that this is just going to be a, a situation that he has to manage for the rest of the year. I, I mean, that's what it looks like mm-hmm. to me. Uh, just to those... clarify, you did say that he uh, sat in Phoenix. He played in Phoenix. He sat in Denver just because yeah. 
Yeah. Someone will probably correct <laughs> correct that, so I'll just do it here. You but, idiot! <laughs> but but you've been in seven time zones in four <laughs> days. How can you screw that up? That's that's my that's my voice for those people. I'm just doing that to save you. The you're so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's not great uh and i think this was our concern during the earlier parts of the season most of the season when fred was playing so many minutes leading the league in minutes per game or was it minutes per game or total minutes minutes per game minutes he, per game. uh because he was missing some yeah <laughs> yeah good good uh good good call Reasoning. there uh yeah but yeah, I'm not worried about the shooting like that is, you know, maybe it's just yeah. that he's getting the rest off, coming back, getting into a rhythm, whatever. Da, 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 da. His presence obviously helps this team immensely and he can do so many other things. But I'm more just worried about him. Like, how is he going to be able to manage it? Oh, is it going to be something he's going to so have nice. to continue to manage? Or will that time off like start to help if his minutes are able to stay under 40, which they didn't last night? But yeah, um, I think that's definitely where I'm noticing... Sorry, go on. I just think uh, it's definitely something to watch. I will say to watch rather than be concerned because I don't want to be doom and gloom. But me personally, when it comes to Fred Van Vliet, my concern level is always high. Continue. Go ahead. Um, I think not so much last night because the Lakers are a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at various points, his defense has looked a step below mm-hmm. where we expect it to. And I think in terms of what it's affecting... I would say that's the number one thing, which is kind of okay because they need him more for what he allows mm-hmm. them to do on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, none of it is ideal. Like, I'm not trying to, like, say, it's fine, it's fine. But, like, yeah, like, they're that's how I've seen it play out, I, I would say. Um, on a similar front, Again, OG Ananobi mm-hmm. saw a doctor again in Los Angeles. I believe it was in Los Angeles because that's where he initially right. saw a specialist for his fractured ring finger. And the hope was that about two weeks would allow the injury to fully heal. It is not fully healed. Uh, it is not clear whether how much time, mm-hmm. if any more time uh, available in this season, will allow it to fully heal. Uh, he was going through a workout uh, pregame on Monday. Plan is for him to practice on Tuesday, heading into the Clippers game. Um, and they're just going to see how much it's bothering him, mm-hmm. what he can do, what he can't do. I'm sure where his fitness level is at, and then make a decision from there. So it's, you know, the update is there's no real <laughs> update and it didn't get better to the degree they hoped. Uh, I'm guessing we'll see him pretty soon based on that. Um, but these things can change. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, it's disappointing, obviously. I'm sure he's really disappointed and frustrated. Why won't his finger heal? (laughs) Uh. Get me a doctor. I just hope if he does come back that, that it's healed to a point where he's okay and not worried about hurting him further. That's all. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It like just if feels you're feeling, like if you're feeling it every time you're touching the ball yeah. or releasing the ball, like that sucks. It's a hard way in a very difficult sport. NBA mm-hmm. basketball is difficult to to live, um, and it's such a specific thing. Like it's not like 
back soreness Mm -hmm. uh, where you Mm -hmm. feel it, but you don't necessarily, like, it just is there. But, like, I I assume with a finger injury, it disappears while you're not touching anything, and then you're constantly reminded of it. As soon as you catch that ball. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I know going into All-Star, we had kind of talked about his shooting, and he'd had some games where he had some really good fourth quarter, you know, like a three-pointer or something, but, like, his shooting had been down, his scoring had been down. Well, there was a reason for that. Um, So, again, just another reminder that often when a player is struggling or doesn't seem to be themselves. There's often things that we don't know on the outside. Um, I, I think the biggest thing with the Raptors, with any team, but especially with the Raptors when their core is so important and integral to their success, as this season is coming to a close, the regular season, um, you need to have the main guys healthy going into whether it's the play-in or the actual playoffs. Um, without that, there's no like it doesn't matter so I think that has to be the priority whether that means resting Fred on back-to-backs or giving him rest if he's sore whether that means OG staying out like for a longer amount of time whatever you need to do to have those guys ready to be on the court and playing to the best of their ability at that time is what you have to prioritize yeah and I think the question becomes will any amount of time within the season get them to where they need to be because if not then it becomes a management thing and you do the best you can while Mm -hmm. acknowledging that these games do have importance and you try to make the best of an imperfect situation which is all any of us can really do holly uh Mm -hmm. the week ahead uh the raptors finish their trip at it's it doesn't feel as fun to call it the crypt when the lakers aren't playing Mm -mm. um but yeah they finish it against the clippers uh, on Wednesday night, then they return home for uh, uh, their old pal LeBron and the Lakers. Uh, see see how they're, what the vibes are there. Uh, and then another back on the road, Holly. An uh, unfriendly two-game road trip in Philly and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have helpfully provided the Cavs schedule. Thank you. Um, their schedule is uh, Philadelphia, Denver, Detroit. Los Angeles. I don't know which Los Angeles you're talking oh, Lakers, about. Oh, sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, that would make sense because they just uh, played in... the Clippers. Um, and you're asking me <laughs> to, A, predict what the Raptors are going to do. Yes. Which I just wrote a long column saying that is stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> doing that is pointless and dumb. Uh, I will say Isn't they everything be- pointless and dumb. I know, but that's like, like they're so unknowable that like, what are we doing here? Eric, the past um, two years have broken me. Continue. Yeah. I- I'll say they beat the Clippers, beat the Lakers, and then lose both in Philadelphia and Chicago. Uh, yeah. that's pretty chalk. I think. I think they're uh, gonna, I, I agree, but I think they're going to win in Chicago. That's the one I was thinking about. Um, now it's a back-to-back, but again, the Raptors make no sense. So, like, why should that matter? <laughs> like, for Van Vliet, by the way, the Rap- we talked about Van Vliet maybe sitting on back-to-backs. It's not clear that that's how mm-hmm. the Raptors are going to operate. So we'd, I don't want to say that that's how they're going to manage it, but that is one of only two back-to-backs remaining for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is, uh, is two home games. Um, the rare, but I think <coughs> second this year, back-to-back home games. So I'm going to say they, they won't catch up to the Clippers, or sorry, the Cavs for sixth. Um, but yeah. I do think that it will be a position 
that the game, uh, I think it's March 24th, if memory serves, against Cleveland, right. uh, is still very much uh, integral and interesting, and the Raptors will certainly have something to play for in, in terms of advancing their status, uh, in, uh, as opposed to just keeping seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Evan Mobley, holy yeah. crap. He was so good at the end of that game against the Clippers. Uh, but we don't the have rookie time to... race. Scotty yeah, has yeah. really been. Yeah, pushing. I mean he's pu- he's pushing. Like I still think Mobley's going to get him in the end. Uh, Cade Cunningham also coming in, coming in and like like basically flirting with triple doubles every yeah. night now. <laughs> um, <laughs> really good. Uh, you know, I, I think just for how much he's. I mean, I don't, I don't, I feel like any way of wording this is like cheapening to Mobley and Barnes. Like they've both been great. Mm-hmm. Mobley's probably been steadier throughout the season. And that is why I think he will win. But Barnes, like at this rate, is going to win. We're only halfway through the month. <laughs> but like, like he's going to win his second rookie in the month in a row, potentially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, momentum um, is, a, is a thing that momentum is a funny thing. Uh, yeah, but also when there, there's a word for this theory or principle, um, when something takes hold in the mind, like Evan Mobley is the rookie of the year front runner, which I think is correct. Mm-hmm. That's how most voters would be thinking. It takes a lot to supplant that right. in the mind. Uh, and there's just, there are no signs of Mobley doing something to diminish mm-hmm. his case. So Barnes is really going to have to take it from him and give him credit. He's trying. I mean, he's not trying because of that, but, uh, but <laughs> imagine, play- imagine if the a way player play- said, yeah. I am, my play has been motivated by wanting to win this NBA season award and not for my teammates or the wins. I'm here. And, for uh, the more specifically, the imagine, if, only. imagine if Scotty Barnes said that, that'd be great. Oh man. <laughs> I got to go. I got to get to UCLA. Okay. Um, But uh, Holly, uh, it's good to chat with you. Um, (laughs) You too. I don't know what you were going to say. You made me very nervous. I don't know what I'm going to say either. Uh, Everything's fine. I I still, I didn't have COVID an hour ago, so I probably still don't. Uh, You're good. Woo. All right. Um, Holly, have a good week. We'll catch up after the back-to-back uh, yes. in Chicago next Tuesday. Listeners, thank you. Check out The Athletic. Uh, sales still going on as far as I know. Um, Subscribe to The Athletic. Thank you. Uh, anything you want to plug before we're out the door? I uh, don't. No, I'm good. All right. Um, thank you for listening. We'll get back to you next week. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.